Towers World of Gaelic Games. Hello and welcome to the TC Towers World of Gaelic Games on Monday the 1st of February. Thanks to Frank Tynan for an excellent edition of Kilkenny today. Coming up tonight, we'll be talking to Dick Spurs Secretary Shane Kavanagh, who will be giving us an insight into the role, and Kells Handball Chairman Dan Breen on the exciting redevelopment of the club facilities. If you're listening at home and saw anything over the weekend or you have any questions for any of your any of our guests, we'd love to hear from you on the taxback.com line on 086 353 7782. Um, I'm joined tonight in the studio by Pat Tracy. How are you, Pat? Very good, Kieran. Uh, um, Pat, I, I, last week we, we ran out of time, um, but the Lake Reguel on Therese Mar, um, I thought it was excellent. Yeah, it was very good. And, uh, you know, the what she went through to win her All-Ireland medal <laughs> was some, some going the amount of heartbreak. What was the six All-Irelands she lost in her? Whatever, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then to win it in her final one then, yeah, yeah, her last yeah. year. And Player of the Year and everything that came with it, you know, it was, it was just uh, brilliant. And as well as that then, you know what she went through in a personal life, you know, the her mother dying and uh, then her father dying and uh, and that, you know, so it was, it was and there was, a, there was a big lot of minutes. There was... Um, yeah, there, I can't remember offhand, but there was, yeah, yeah. was a large and family. Yeah, yeah, I think there were six girls. I think there could have been in that, you know. So um, there was, it was, it was great. And her, her sister played uh, up until she was forty or so. Played club, Camogie, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, yes. a great sporting family. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, longevity yeah. in them as well. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and she um, she got married to was a chap of the Donohues from Athenry, and she played her Camogie then won a few other. Um, club championships uh, in Galway with Hatton Rye as well then you know so and uh, I think she was playing with her daughters was she yeah. she could have been yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. or close enough anyway so but uh, yeah great story and uh, to, to just uh, she she was a great uh, she was a great player yeah she was really the the anchor of that team you know yeah. that eventually got to win it and it just shows Pat as well how much of an outlet sport can be you know the way when her her mother wasn't well and that's right, it was yeah. a great side distraction for her you know just to get out on the pitch maybe yeah, release yeah. that bit of yeah it was that it was just that bit of tension and uh, and that that kind of thing yeah it was, it was very um, and last week we had Ross Commons Shane Curran I haven't seen it yeah. yet now I have to watch <laughs> it back but I didn't I saw most of it yeah but it was it was, uh, it was very interesting as well you know he's he's a kind of a one off now you know yeah. there's no there's no you saying any other anything else and uh, he has a, he's a very individual kind of a character and uh, but um, again uh, he had been playing with Ross Common and uh, he was dropped uh, like I think um, who was it um, John Vaughan came in and there were four or five of them just he was nearly the best player they had Last year and next year he was he was dropped. Uh, they were they were seen as kind of troublemakers or whatever. But uh, anyway, uh, his club his club career then and he got he had a, an, a, an accident and he had to, he was out uh, playing for a, a good while and went back playing even you know it was uh, a bad injury and it was going to be very serious for him but he went back playing and went on and won these counties and club all Ireland with yeah, Bridget's with yeah. Bridget's yeah, yeah great yeah. club as well yeah ah, yeah, just on the outside of Roscommon Town like he was about 40 when he won the, the club he was yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but yeah 
I looked there it's, it was probably a great great way for him to finish like you know his club was there from at the start and was there from at the end it was yeah and he's um, he's into he has two daughters and he's into women's uh, sport now with women's football and uh, he's, he's involved there and uh, he's causing a bit of a stir there too I think yeah <laughs> not, not surprising um, and just who we mentioned last week as well Pat Keith Higgins I see he's he is going back hurling he's going to focus see, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's he great because uh, he he, he was, um, you know, he was one of Mayo's best hurlers, and that's where he won his All Ireland medal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, he's the only, the only adult, if you like, senior medal he has. Uh, that was with with, uh, with Mayo, you know. Uh, he was won the under under twenty one, all right, and all that. But um, he he, I think. Nicky Brennan might have presented him with a cup, the cup or was... Yeah, he won the under-21 football all Ireland as captain. Yeah, 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 at that time, yeah. So mm. I think yeah. Nicky yeah, presented him with that, mm. yeah. And then he came back years later and won the... Won the what, what was it, the... Um, Lowry Maher or yeah, one of those? He did, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, he was an all-star that year as yeah, well, yeah. As so. well, yeah. Mm. Um, we should have Kieran Muldowney on the line there as well. Good evening, Kieran. Evening, Kieran. How are you keeping? Good, Kieran. Um, just on retirements, Kieran, we had another announcement there during the week or, or last week. Uh, Tom Condon from Limerick. Yeah, Tom Condon from Limerick. Look, another one, I suppose. Uh, you see a lot of it now, where a lad is on the team for a while, and then he's a sub for a year, maybe two years, and then retires. You know, and and look, Tom Tom has earned his retirement. He was a really, really good cornerback. He was probably for a while. He was probably the best cornerback in the country. Uh, certainly a very tight marker out first to the ball all the time and a good hurler you know and didn't um, didn't always get to play in a successful Limerick team you know the teams he, a lot of the teams he played on you know there wouldn't have been a patch on the team that they have now uh, but uh, you know a great inter-county career and uh, and as they say he's earned his retirement and, and well done to him he, he forged a good career for what he had now let me tell you yeah, and I think Kieran Ov, Pat, you might know as well. I think he had a serious injury as well at one stage, didn't he? And yeah, he was sidelined for a while. Yeah, 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 and he came back, and uh, you know. But I suppose the great memory uh, that he can take away with him was that uh, Joe Canning free lobbing into the square, and he came out with and uh, and the final whistle went. It was yeah. just a fantastic moment for him, and it was fantastic to see him win his All Ireland medal because he, as as Kieran said, he was one he was one of the best there for a long time. Yeah, and he had some great tussles over the years with some yeah. great corner forwards from other other teams as well, mm. you know. But he was diff- he, he was an attacking corner back. He used yeah, to he attack the ball all the time, you know. He was like a terrier, yeah. wasn't he? Was, he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Kieran. Just as well, we're. I suppose I ask Pat the same now, but just on the sports star yeah. awards, um, were you surprised to see Limerick get the team of the year and? John Kiley get the manager of the year or what are your feelings on that? Uh, yeah, look, these, these awards are, are they're obviously, you know, hotly debated because they cover multiple sports. You know, we often debate the All-Stars on our programme, but it only covers hurling, you know, whereas these programmes, you know, the rugby people will think that their people should get the award. Athletics, soccer, they'll all think the same, you know. Uh, now, John Kiley has done a fantastic job as Limerick manager uh, Pat had Tony Considine on one night he couldn't sing enough praises about him and you can see the way he operates his machine, he has a backroom team there uh, and it's bigger than some county panels and he's able to keep everybody on their toes everybody does their job and does it well uh, Limerick getting team of the year they're the kind of a team 
that you know they're they're very they're very high profile, very public kind of a team. So they're when they win and are successful, they're the kind of a team that will win team of the year. You know, we were winning all Ireland for years and years, and we never got team of the year. I'm not so sure if the Dublin footballers have won it too often either. I thought they might get it having completed something that has never been con- uh, done in either male or female GA before, which is six in a row. Uh, a fantastic achievement, you know. I thought they might get it. Uh, our own girls could have got it too. They won the All Ireland the hard way. Uh, they were the they were the underdogs of three going into the latter stages of that championship, and they pulled two brilliant performances out of it to beat. Uh, both Cork and Galway and win the All-Ireland so you know they could have got it too uh, Brian Dolan was hardly too far away from being manager of the year you know so probably a lot of hotly debated stuff but that's just about the way it goes you know Yes and Pat first your own opinions on that Um yeah, uh, actually, I'd say Dublin would be um, feeling a bit hard done by down through the years. I, I think that has raised its head a few times with RTE and that, that uh, they've had uh, very little recognition, I suppose, maybe individual recognition and that uh, of, of, of their achievements. Um, uh, team, team of the year and manager of the year yeah John Kiley I suppose went through it unbeaten and uh, they did they did you know they the, the, the were ahead of everyone else so uh, he had a, a, a decent claim to it and um, you know but uh, when you take um, Brian Dowling's performance with Kilkenny Camogie mm-hmm. and getting you know getting them over the line and that that was a great a brilliant achievement in itself and I suppose you know, to build on that again is another another thing. Yeah, know. I would have felt the same now if you looked at where Kilkenny came, you know, just mm. from losing the last couple of finals and Brian having to go in and pick him up again and yeah. say the, the loss of Katie Power even and you um, know there, there, there's a, actually um, an online um, there's a there's a, a website is it a horsesport.com or something or uh, it's promotes women's sports and they've um named the Kilkenny Camogie team as the team of the year. Ah, brilliant. And they've actually uh, named Ellen Malloy as the um, uh, the, the young um, um, sports person of the year. Uh, you know, she broke through into the, the soccer, the Republic of Ireland soccer team and that. And um, the, they've named Kira McGeehan as the, the woman, the, the, the senior sports yeah, yeah. person of the year, you know. So that's, I suppose, in fairness now, that's good recognition. Oh, definitely, uh, You yeah. know, for Kilkenny and for, for Ellen Malloy and that, and that the, being named the, the team of the year and young, young player of the year, if you like. Yeah. Mm. Um, we just have a text in here, Kiran and Pat, I'll get you, you might know more about this. It just has Kilkenny teams linked up with out, output sports during the week. Limerick already involved with these. What exactly will their role be can only be a positive move. I know very little about it. Now I'll have to do some research on it. Can, do you either yeah, I think it's to, it's to do with... Um with the whole strength and conditioning and the and the monitoring of that whole thing, isn't it, Kieran? I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know a huge amount about it. I did hear about that announcement during the week. All right, so I think we'll have to do a bit of research on that. <laughs> definitely, yeah, I'm the same. But yeah, we, we'll definitely look into it and we, we'll have a, an answer for you next Monday night, hopefully. Um, just I, while I have you, Kieran, um, the provincial championship draws were due to take place, and now they're set to be pushed back to at least a month. Yeah, Asher, it, it's to be expected. They probably don't want to make the draws too 
too long before the competition actually starts. You know, it, it'll generate a little bit of excitement the closer, you know, if you make the draw closer to the championship itself, it'll generate a little bit of excitement, I suppose. Uh, and also, you don't want a situation whereby some teams might feel that they're almost out of it before it starts. You know, I think yeah. I think it's a good idea and it's only, you know, it's only to be expected the way things are at the moment. Exactly, yeah, and hopefully in a month's time we'll all be in a better place anyway and something to look forward to. Um, Kieran, thanks very much for joining us. We're, we'll go to our first commercial break and we'll touch base with you again next Monday night. Thanks for joining us, Kieran. Lovely, Kieran, thank you. And that, that was Kieran Muldowney. We'll take our first break and stay tuned where we'll be talking to Dixborough Secretary Shane Cabinet. TC Tars World of Gaelic Games. And welcome back at 20 past six. We're delighted to be joined by Shane Cavan on the line. Good evening, Shane. How are you? Kieran, great. How are you? Not too bad, Shane. Um, Shane, firstly, thank you for taking the time out to join us here on, on this Monday evening. And um, we're looking forward to just getting an insight basically into the Secretary's role and how you found it so, f- so far and with, with all the complications and all the COVID as well. So... Um, Shane, I know it's your, you're into your second year now as secretary uh, of Dixborough GA Club. Um, how did you find your first year? Yeah, well, thanks, Kieran. Um, yeah, you're correct. This is my uh, first year, I suppose, or last year was my first year as club secretary for Dixborough. But I, I did have the experience of having the role in a previous club before in my home club up to there, you know, Suncroft. Um, so I suppose having that previous experience was a. Uh, was very helpful and I suppose I was kind of aware of what was involved in the day-to-day duties and responsibilities uh, when I took on the role and to be honest I was very lucky because the previous secretary Edmund Nolan handed it over and in a, in a very very good uh, shape you know so the handover was very easy so uh, yeah it was uh, I found it, the, the transition fairly fairly simple really you know having that experience you know so and Shane just on that then um, did you notice much difference say between the two clubs and was there much of a change say going from Suncroft to Dixborough uh, there wasn't a huge change I suppose there was a couple of differences really um, Suncroft would be a football club up until there uh, we don't have hurling we did actually have it years ago but uh, we don't actually have hurling at the moment whereas obviously Dixborough would be a dual club so um, that's kind of a minor change but yeah you still have the, the change there on that um, obviously Suncroft numbers wise it's a small rural club on the edge of the current so uh, a big difference uh, a big challenge to, to field teams at times at certain ages in some crop where in Dixborough we don't have that uh, thankfully we don't have that uh, issue we have plenty of numbers in Dixborough like we had four other teams last year where in Suncroft you know the second team you could you nearly had to bring the boot yourself just in case you know that was the yeah. way it was trying to get lads together and that you know and, and I suppose maybe the third kind of thing then really was everywhere I kind of knew everybody up until the era because I was a good few years ahead so you get to know all the different you know secretaries around and club secretaries and obviously county board officers so down here I was kind of a starting again really from a networking and communication point of view just to get to, to know the different um, club officers around and obviously county board officers and uh, and even club members as gas I suppose the, the big question on everybody's lips when I first got to took on the road in Dixborough was who is Shane Cabney, you know? So just getting people getting used to me and uh, and me getting used to the to the the, the membership and the, the different people around and obviously COVID struck then, so it's not as simple because you're not able to, you know, you're, obviously 
people not have, able to turn up to trainings and different things and functions and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so they were the, the kind of the, 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 I suppose the main changes really. And apart from that, I suppose as regards the actual day to day and the administration duties and all, all, you know all that goes with the role, like them tasks, you know, you'd be there'd be no change. They're the same for a small club as the other big club and. Well, I, 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 I consider it a, a privilege now for the for the members of Dixborough to even place for trust in me to go and carry out these duties. So I'm uh, certainly enjoying it and really am um, uh, after setting into a brand this year, you know. So looking forward to the year ahead now when we eventually do get going, you know. So And just Shane, I know when you started the role we were in normal times, um and then obviously COVID struck. Um how has the role the role changed in terms of COVID? Yeah, it's, it's it's a good question, Karen. Um I suppose the main difference really is is the responsibility that COVID brings. Because at the end of the day, and you know, we all want sports to be enjoyable and to be fun, and nobody wants to be a, a killjoy as such. But the reality of it is, we all know at this stage now that COVID doesn't care if you're playing a game of hurling or camogie or whatever. So uh, it's really important that those of us who are lucky to be part of the games follow the. Health, public health guidelines and respect the dangers of, of, the, of the possibility of getting the virus and what that can bring, you know. I suppose, like, as well, from from a club point of view, there was a number of changes, kind of logistical changes, which we we had to bring in as well. And, um, you know, one-way system there for, you know, people entering and, and exiting. So anybody who was coming up for training that they're there's no one barging through the one time they're all kind of socially distanced and that we have that structure in place there to make it easy for people to follow and uh, and a structure there so people are entering in a socially distanced manner and exiting in a socially distanced manner as well, especially at the younger age groups and that, you know. Um, obviously, everybody knows now this stage the dressing rooms are closed and I would have them open and the gym facilities are closed and obviously the bar facilities as well. We would have had a, a, a function there every Thursday night there for the law and that, that's all gone with the government guidelines. So that that was a bit of a change as well. And we did keep, you know, you are advised to keep one dressing room open for use as a, as a medical room. And yeah, so we, we, we done that and just in case anybody got sick in that. And obviously tiles are left over for public use. Um, then I suppose really on, on match days then, you're kind of... The, the, the rules are there so you just follow them so you're limited to 24 players in the panel, panel which can be a bit awkward when you have maybe 30 players in the panel and, but they're the, the realities of it at the moment and um, trying to keep people just you know the subs and that no access to the dugouts and make sure they're socially distanced um, to, to protect themselves and there's a bit of management on the sideline as well which you know needs to be kind of maintained and you're only allowed seven officials, so it's kind of important that you, you, you know, you keep that, keep that in order, and that all social distances practiced and practiced, I suppose, both inside and outside the pitch where, where possible. And and I suppose then, other than that, then you just have to keep up to date with the changes because, as you know, it can changes it can change daily. So it's important that you're up to date with all the changes and uh, keep everybody up to date and make sure that you're in compliance and doing the best you can to keep everybody safe. They're the, thing, the, main, the main thing really, Karen. Yeah, and um, I suppose we noticed that ourselves here when we're going covering covering the games during the year as well. You'd, you'd see just the changes and you're spaced out in the press box and things like that. Um, just then, Shane, with all those changes, did you has it been challenging or how, how are you finding it? 
I wouldn't say challenging. I, I, I suppose it's kind of more demanding, really, because um, the fact of the matter is, you know, this virus demands respect, so it's important that everybody involved in the running of the of our games are fully focused and concentrated and alert to what's going on around them just to make sure that everybody obeys and adheres to the guidelines. And, you know, you just have to be on your toes and just, as I say, it just... It, it, it demands that really because as I, as I alluded earlier on there like nobody wants to be a killjoy but at the same time everybody has a huge part to play in, in being responsible um, for everybody's safety you know so we were we were very lucky in, in Dixborough um, to have a team of volunteers who stepped up to the plate and took on the role of being COVID supervisor for for each team and I was just looking there. You know, we actually had 30 people between Camogie and Hurling in, in Dixborough who um, who volunteered to help out and with the you know with being the COVID supervisor and it was all under the stewardship of our main COVID supervisor, which was Edmund Edmund Nolan. You know, and like these people, they had a huge responsibility because they had to maintain you know the record of attendance for each training and match, and just from a contact tracing point of view and obviously ensure all the equipment and all any touch point areas were, were sanitised after each session and just to make sure that things ran smoothly for each session that people were following the guidelines and sanitising and you know using the one way systems and not everything else that goes with it so yeah there was a responsibility with it but as I say we were very very lucky to have that support for people who step up to the plate and actually um, did the role and it was a you know, help make it a success, you know. So, yeah, no, as I say, it would be, it's just that demand, really, you know, so, yeah. Yes, and that's the whole thing about the GA without the volunteers it just keeps the, the wheel turning for, for all the clubs um, Shane just on like for player registrations then going into 2021 um, like I know before clubs might have membership nights where lads come and pay their membership and fill out the forms or whatever it is involved um, is that, that aspect gone online now or what way is it working? Yeah well actually to be honest we were actually very lucky in Dixborough because before COVID came we actually had a huge amount of groundwork done in this area you know to kind of move on to online registration because there was a kind of a big demand there from the members who were looking for it so we had actually had a lot of uh, a lot of the work done so essentially COVID, COVID kind of gave us the, the impetus I suppose to, to roll out fully and huge credit must go to, to Jim O'Neill our registration officer um, putting huge work behind the scenes to get up and running and as it happens, like we're, I think it's over fifty percent this year was actually registered online, which is huge. And uh, obviously next year we're hoping that'll uh, grow again. You know, so uh, we all we we have the details there on our club website and on the club app. There, anybody wants to have a look at it, you know. But uh, we're actually open now for registrations, and we're planning to launch a do a big registration launch and uh, next week, hopefully. So um, obviously, look, it, it doesn't suit everybody. We we're aware that there's certain members that are not going to be uh, used to the online system and like the old way of doing things and you know we'll, we'll facilitate them best way we can as I say when we um, when level 5 uh, restrictions are gone we'll be able to hopefully collect the memberships from them for, for people like that in a socially uh, socially distanced way as the fellow says and um, yeah look at ideally we'd like everybody to go online but we know that's not going to be possible for everybody so we will be encouraging as many to do it online as possible as I say most people have the app there now and it's, at the, it's on the touch of a button on the phone you know but um, actually if you're out walking 
and the ring road, there's a good chance of me had you hula and chairman out walking and <laughs> you have money for membership and no problem I'd say he collected off as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a bank he's a bank manager of the old stock, he never refuses money so we we'll we certainly make it work all right. Uh Shane, uh have you found much of a difference in the GA and Kilkenny and Kildare or you know? Not a huge, not a huge amount of difference. Um, the activity on the ground is huge. I have to say, uh, both counties are very vibrant at, at club level. Uh, great. Uh, the, I, I actually like the structure of um, of the championship in Kilkenny. To be honest, just the one in Kildare is a little bit annoying because there's a there's a round robin in it, and the first round means nothing. And I'd remove that if I was in, in charge up there. But apart from that, I, I I do think there's huge work being done by both county boards to to have games you know so obviously Kildare is very much uh, regarded as being a football county but Hurland is really starting to grow there in certain parts of, of the county you know and which is great to see and obviously the Kilkenny man David Hurley he helped them secure the, the Christie ring last year and they're into John McDonough next year so it'll be interesting to see how they go on in that I think there's a, there's a fine Hurling team up there I was watching the Christie ring final and I was very impressed with the, the skill level they had you know Um our footballers at the moment are certainly in a bit of a transition period um, so I'd like to see them doing a bit better as well but obviously you're in Leinster and you're facing the mighty dogs and it's, uh, they're just unbeatable appears at the moment so yeah mm, you have a good carry man though in charge there yeah Jack O'Connor yeah his two sons are involved up there as well in Moorfield so yeah look at you know, certainly he's a man that knows football so hopefully he'll uh, Bring it. I hope he brings back some of the skills of the game because football at the moment it's a bit frustrating watching it at times. It's certainly not the game that I played years ago, you know. Um, yeah. Um, I just, I, I just think there's too much focus on tactics. I'd love to see, I'd love to see coaches just, you know, letting players go out and, you know, kind of showcase their ability and, you know, take off the shackles and just have a go and rather than just defensive and, you know. But that's just my own view. I'm not the expert, but. Mm. I just, I think, from a, an entertainment point of view, I'd love to see it. And uh, you could say the same about hurling too. It's gone very tactical at times as well, you know. And the, the old skills of the game can be sometimes a miss in some of these games, you know. Uh, Shane, the secretary then uh, is uh, the case of you just doing what the chairman tells you. <laughs> Absolutely. See, <laughs> <laughs> so you've shifted the blame nicely there. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Always the chairman's fault. <laughs> um, Shane, just back to Dixborough then. Um, yeah. Just uh, said the year 2020, um, four adult teams, three of those got to county finals. Um, must have been a, a, a very busy time for you. Hi, uh, look, to be honest, Kieran, the... Um, Look, it was great to get the three finals, you know. Um, it was a privilege, really, but look, at the end of the day, um, you never know what's ahead of you in the year. So we were fortunate enough to get to the the, the three finals. It was probably unfortunate that we happened to meet two All-Ireland champions in, in both the senior and the junior, but uh, in saying all that, we did secure two league titles as well. So good platform for the year uh, to build on for next year. Although with next year now, you know, the year's gone now and that's it, you know. Um, just then, Shane, with, uh, say, people working from home now and maybe people having to commute to, say, Dublin during the week and or what, different parts of the country, do you think there was an increase in numbers as a result of people working from home and more people coming to get back in, included in the club? Uh, definitely, yeah. No, we, we, we certainly found that uh, big time last year and um, 
to be honest, we're actually going to have a fifth adult team this year because I, I, I see it. I, I see this this year being the very same, you know. So we're actually we anticipate these numbers to increase, and obviously with a couple of minor teams uh, coming through, so we will have five adult teams this year, and that will to uh, to, to accommodate the, the numbers, you know, and make sure that we're we're providing hurling for everybody as best we can, you know. So yeah, absolutely, and you know we did a bit of maintenance work last year as well and it was great to see all the young lads out helping out you know during the summer you know so that was that was fantastic to see they did a right lot of uh, maintenance work all around uh, be Palmerstown and indeed um, you know um, St James's Park there as well so it was great to see that happening and all the young lads getting involved and digging out so yeah absolutely and then Shane I suppose this year as well the AGM had to go online and um, we know I, I, I read down through your Secretary's report it was excellent and like it gave people you had it sent out weeks in advance as well which gave people a chance to go down through it and you know on the night then they, they, they knew what was coming up and gave them a chance to review the year as well and it was great it was a great piece of work um, how did the online AGM go? Yeah well thanks for that Karen. I suppose this year was, was different for so many of, of the club supporters and you know people who so I was kind of very conscious of the fact that a lot of people might not be able to get to the games or get to the training sessions or even get to club grounds. So I kind of wanted to make the report as relevant as possible just to give our supporters the opportunity to uh, see the work that was going on and the efforts that were made behind the scenes. Uh, so yeah, thanks for that in relation to the report. The AGM went very well. Um, it was the first for Dixborough Rounds, I'm sure it was for a lot of clubs to go online. Um, with a very good attendance, it was actually one of our highest attendance which kind of shows you maybe where people were bored at home, just nothing else to do maybe, I'm not sure, but it was great to see the attendance at the same time. Um, obviously, a lot of people wouldn't be used to the online platform, but yet I, I was kind of amazed and kind of staggered at the amount of uh, confidence people had to uh, engage in online discussion, which was great, and it kind of helped make the AGM very successful. So um, in saying all that, hopefully next year, be back to normal where we can meet up face to face but yeah it was good on the night went well and on the night then as well um, Shane um, you honoured two members Paddy Marr and Seamus Rochford yeah um, I'm sure Seamus uh, has been you know he's come from uh, <laughs> a renowned area of Hurland called Wolf Hill and Leash and uh, he moved to Kilkenny years ago to work and got involved with Dixborough training underage teams and on the role as treasurer 23 years ago and has to be said served with absolute distinction and integrity you know so in fairness to Seamus during his time he always made sure that the finances of the club were managed in such a way that we were always able to kind of develop and spend money when we needed to you know so it was great for him um, so Paddy Marr then I think at this stage now anybody who um who hasn't been hijacked by Paddy for a two-year lot of tickets in Kenny could only be regarded as a collector's item at this stage, you know, because Paddy has been uh, a huge lotto seller for the club and a huge fundraiser for the club for, for years, you know. Paddy actually, he former player and he won a senior medal, I believe, back in 1950. So uh, he's been uh, on the go a long, long time and over the years has never left, uh, never left Dixborough down and... I suppose the club really wanted to recognise both Seamus and Paddy for their long-standing service and commitment to the club. And while we do have life members in life membership in Dixborough, uh, these two men now are, have the unique uh, distinction and position of being honorary life members of Dixborough. And to 
be fair, both men are truly and richly deserved of that title. So, and we wish them all the best. You know. Yeah, I don't think there's too many lads Shane got out of Mass and Canises or out of Paddy Powers and Dean Street without buying a lot of tickets off Paddy Maher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, just then, Shane, in terms of registration, ways numbers, um, obviously Dixborough has huge numbers and um, between the adult, juvenile and non-playing members. Yeah, it's around 650, give or take, uh, is where we were last year, you know, so um, obviously you'd always be trying to build on that and trying to get, you know, especially some of the, the, the members who, uh, players who, who would have played years ago and kind of drifted away to try and, you know, entice them back to, to the club and that, you know, and get involved again. So, yeah, so look, we're always going, always trying to grow the membership and as I say, details will be launched next week and will be on the website and on the, the app there for, for everybody as well. So, and the COVID won't stop them from joining again, you know. Exactly, and then Shane, just in terms of the lotto, that also had to go online, did it? It did, yeah. Now, to be honest, um, like the lotto, to be fair, like it's on the go in the club for over twenty years ago. It was actually started years ago by Sean Brannock, and um, he was chairman, former chairman in the club and you know, the county board now. But and obviously, Sean, with the assistance of stalwarts like Anna Walsh and Joan and Tom Knox, Kathleen Begley. Um, and Anna and Eileen Morrissey, Tom Byrne, Jim Murphy, James Rochford, Declan Goff, Pat Mylan, and the, the late Kitty Phelan, uh, who passed away this year, sadly, you know. So, huge work done by all them um, members of the club over the years, and uh, has brought a lot of, to be honest, it's a, it's a testament to the work that they have done over the past, you know. So, we're very fortunate to have a very active uh, lotto committee we have a development lotto committee which uh, is now being a bit steered up with under the stewardship of Aidan Marr which is Paddy's son and Jason Dempsey our, our new treasurer so um, it's great to see young blood getting involved and obviously w- with the stewardship of the of the older generation as well so um, yeah look at the, the lotto it's blended now at the moment there's a bit of a tradition uh, uh, obviously they're online and we still have the traditional paper based tickets um, to be fair there's huge work being done behind the scenes to ensure that we can run the Lotto Weekly in a safe environment online and obviously um, we are encouraging everybody to do it online rather than the paper base because there's a bit of there's a bit of a manual on that I suppose and just trying to put down the workload but in saying all that we never refuse money so we, we do it to, to, to keep the, the ticket sales up you know um, and obviously details are all on the website as well or the club website for anybody who wants to go and check them out and finally then, Shane, um, I know Pat was saying to you, you were a Killeer man originally. Um, how did you find yourself getting involved with Dixborough? And um, you're, you're obviously living in Kilkenny the, the, the last number of years. Yeah, uh, it's a long story, but I'll give you the short version. Um, the, uh, it's over 20 years ago now at this stage, but I was living and working in Kilkenny and I transferred to Dixborough to play a bit of football. And I suppose back then, Dixborough uh, were kind enough to ask me to go and represent the county, uh, which I did. I know it's not a big claim to fame in Kilkenny, but um, I, I come from the old school, so I, I always have a thing about respect for the jersey. So uh, for that reason, I'd never forget Dixborough for that for that honour and moved back to Kildare for a while with work. I was working up in Dublin, hence the reason I was involved with Suncroft again uh, for a number of years. But as the fellow says, Kilkenny is my home now and delighted and privileged to be involved with Dixborough. So and indeed all the, the wider GEA community in Kenny so it's great and uh, no looking back now at this stage I have a 
wife now and a, and, and a baby girl, so we're 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 in, we're into Kenny now. So that's it. Oh yeah, we're we're glad to take you on anyway, Shane. So, um, Shane, thanks very much for giving us that detailed uh, review of just the, the secretary's um, role and then just in terms of Dixborough as well and how the year went. It, it was great to have you on, and we appreciate you taking the time out to join us tonight. My pleasure. Thanks very much. Best thanks. luck with the show, lads. Thanks, Shane. And that was Shane Kavanagh, the Dixborough secretary. We'll take our second break now, and after the break, we'll be joined by Dan Breen, the Kells Handball chairman. TC Tars World of Gaelic Games. And welcome back at 1848. And we're delighted to be joined on the line now by Dan Breen. Good evening, Dan. Good evening, Kieran. How are you getting on? Not too bad. Dan, um, thanks for taking the time out. Um, we're yeah, thanks for having me there. No problem. Um, we're just... We're, the last, say, before Christmas, I suppose, we were all enlightened by the, the Buy a Brick. Um, what kills yeah. the fundraiser you have an exciting new development um, you're refurbishing the old court and converting the squash court into a 40 by 20 we are Kieran. yeah um, I suppose last year at the AGM there we said we'd get going and moving with things and then the first lockdown happened so eventually we got going there in the summer uh, I suppose just to start off it's uh, refunded in part by the sports capital organisation and the rest then has been raised by fundraising um, so there's a good bit of community um, of involvement there. Um, a lot of the college lads there in the summer when they were off there helping out, and it's good now to see so many locals involved with the project at the moment. Um, in terms of the project, then, Dan, there must be an awful lot of work involved in, say, trying to convert the, the squash court into it, and pro- with the yeah. with the building that's there as well. Yeah, Kieran, uh, there's a good bit of work now involved, I suppose, between everything. going to be a new floor, a uh, new ceiling, uh, there was block work, um, electrical ventilation, a new glass back going in. So, yeah, I suppose just trying to get up to times, Kieran, and modernise. And uh, There's a hun- nearly 100 juveniles in the club there presently, um, 94, 95, I think. And I suppose just to have the one port it can be very tight sometimes training wise so just to have a second court there is going to be fantastic going forward for all those you know exactly yeah and it can only bode well for the future than getting like more, the, more time on the court for, for all the players as well uh, well that's exactly Kieran you know um, I suppose a lot of the Kilfane and Callan there are after doing great jobs on their facilities so I suppose just to keep up to speed with everyone else I suppose you know, look to the future and that. Yeah, and just that's the thing, Dan. You have huge numbers, like you you have a great catchment area there. Like you're you're co- touching a lot of parishes, like Callan, Kilmagany, Donaghmagan, Stonyford, like Ennisnag, Dansfort, and Kells alone. So, like there's there's huge huge areas there, and you you're pulling numbers. It's, it's not just any one particular place. No, um, I believe Kieran, we cater for eleven primary schools and something like eight or nine parishes covered there at the moment um, I suppose maybe due to lack of facilities in other areas maybe it's our own bonus but like everything though if, you, if your friends are interested in it maybe you'll tag along and start it up that way you know yeah, yeah exactly and like like any we were talking about the volunteer aspect there of the, the GA and it's, it's the same in 
in Kells, like between yourself, um, then down through the years, the great work that Bridget Burke done, Beshi Function, Jim Dalton. I, w- I won't keep naming names now or get myself in trouble. No, but, but yeah, I know it's easy. I always forget someone, isn't it? But um, no, Kieran, I mean, since I was involved with the club back in the early 2000s, there, they would have been the three names backbone in the club now. Since that, I suppose myself, uh, John Hayes, and Olive Buckley have come on board there. But yeah, I'd say there's a very good commission in place there, Kieran. Um, you know, everyone is pushing for the same outcome here, which is just to, you know, get the facilities up to standard. Um, I suppose a lot of the work can be seen to be done, but there's a huge amount of work goes on behind the scenes too, with paperwork, grants, applications, you know, and I suppose sometimes people don't see that aspect of it, so um, just this huge commitment, Kieran, I suppose the GA, it is all voluntary. Um, but I suppose that's what makes it what it is too, Um I mean the community spirit we've seen throughout this project has been fantastic so far and um, hopefully it continues to go that way Yeah and I know I before the new lockdown measures came in I, I saw you all working hard down there one Saturday afternoon as well so it's not oh. just the, the week the weekdays either you're, you're down there at the weekends as well trying to get oh, over well, the line There was never any problem Kieran. I mean you could ask any of the lads there come around and give you a hand and more or less what time dropped me down as you know um, it was good to have a buzz around the place I suppose the handball obviously not being able to be played at the moment it was nice to be around I suppose again with the lads you're involved with down in the club in some capacity again you know but um, I suppose just on our own community level I mean the the help we've received down there has been great so far like um yeah, and then then looking ahead to the future, like it, when you have the the two courts up and running, like it'll be an exciting future for for the players of the club. You know, it'll be, they'll take great pride in having those two courts, and even in terms of running things like your own trials down there for county championships or your own in-house tournaments or even county championships, they know they can run on overnight. And to have the two courts down there now will be a great addition. Oh yeah, Kieran. I mean, you know yourself what it's like sometimes when you have so many young lads out a training session and you know maybe you have to divide it down to a half an hour per group or something in the bigger alley whereas now we'll have the second court of the same size so I mean just training wise even Kiran is going to reap the benefits there short term hopefully but no doubt in the long term to get more people around interested in the game exactly yeah and it's like it's like anything new when people see they they like to, to get on as well and get 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 the use out of it. Um, Dan, just yourself then. I know, like you you you're a good handball player yourself. You've travelled over to America to to the world champ or to Canada to the world championships and it's like the last year has been tough for players locally and nationally. And how have you found it? Um, I suppose like everyone here on. I think everyone now is probably at a stage where they're getting frustrated and they just want to get back at it. Um, even just go down in the evenings and train or even train a group with the juveniles down there. Like, there's nothing like it. And yeah, you'd miss the social aspect of it majorly there. But I suppose, um, my own sake there, I have a two-year-old son at the moment, so that keeps me on my toes. But like everyone, I would like to get back in playing Kiran as soon as possible. But I think for now, I think for now we all just stick to the guidelines at the moment and Hopefully it won't be too long before we're all back on the court. Exactly, yeah, and won't be too long till you're heading for an under ten county championship yourself. Hopefully oh, down the line. Whole, well, a few years away for that. Yes, you're <laughs> on. Yeah. Get the groundwork in. That's it. Yeah, get the hard yards in now. If you're on. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, that's that's great. And thanks very much for 
uh, taking the time to take the call tonight and we're delighted to have you on and hopefully once the facilities are open we'll call down we'll take a look ourselves and we'll yeah we'll, oh absolutely and um we we'll, we'll get down to you so thanks again dan for joining us and we no doubt we'll be talking to you again in the future that's great kieran thanks for having me on okay no problem at all and that was dan breen from the kells handball club um Pat, you, your own Killian played away down there for a few years. Yeah, um, it was uh, the time the World Championships were in uh, Kilkenny, and uh, Richie Hogan was playing the under fourteen uh, in O'Loughlin's. Fantastic game, actually. And uh, um, then uh, Killian was very young at the time, and uh, handball had Santi had to bring handball, and he get he got in down in uh, in Kells, and uh, I know there was a waiting list that time, even you yeah. know, and. Uh, played quite a bit yeah and, and uh, up along but uh, loved it yeah yeah nice left hand on him yeah funny enough yeah he's totally right handed he's he's, he's right handed and I remember he, he played everything with his left and it was nearly as if he hadn't a right hand and uh, he uh, like uh, I asked him why do you play with your left he said should I hand pass the ball with me he left he said in hurling so that was yeah so uh, I, 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 I couldn't, uh, you know, usually a lad would go, but he's right, you know. Yeah, but anyway. be there, whatever you're handling yeah, right yeah, with, like. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, um, mm. Just on handball, Pat, um, I'm not sure, did you see, I was actually just sitting at home Saturday evening and um, the Great American Railway Journeys um, with Michael Partillo. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to see, you know, uh, the, the Maris was watching it all right, yeah. Yeah, and, he uh, went to San Francisco. And, and he played a bit, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, down in yeah. the Olympic ro- the Olympic Club in San Francisco, mm, I thought it was mm, great now, and yeah, he yeah. adapted to it fierce well. Yeah, that's what you're saying, that he he, 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 he quished himself awful well. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. gas looking at him, getting togged mm. out in the goggles and all, and yeah, he, yeah. Was, he had a, an old tip around him and Emmett Pickshaw, who's one of the top American yeah, but I thought it was great. He was mm. just fascinated by the game. Yeah, um, he's a great man for the rig out, uh, Portillo. He he definitely <laughs> had the jacket to, to get in the front door. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. He, he wouldn't be like any dressers with a tracksuit getting in no, the back. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just have a text in from Nicky there, just f- an update on um, the the COVID around the COVID. Uh, RTA reporting that the association's COVID advisory group scheduled meeting for today's also being deferred with the most recent development that GA training was not allowed until February it's understood that the National Leagues will not begin before the end of March while the All-Ireland Finals are more likely to take place in August rather than July mm. with the possibility of further delays yeah so it, and that's all a knock-on effect on the clubs yeah you know no matter what way you look at it and again this year we don't we just don't know what way it's going to pan oh. out it's uh, it's uh, one of those uh, years that's going to develop um, as uh, from month to month, but uh, you know, so anyway, we'll see. We'll see how it, how it goes. Yeah, mm. exactly. And like we spoke to Oshin Field last week, and kind of given the the players' view from the clubs, and he mm. was saying looking forward to kind of the split season. But the later it goes on, the tougher the conditions, isn't it? Pat? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, the tougher it'll get, and and probably uh, maybe even the more condensed it'll get. You see, you know, you nearly have a kind of a blitz championship again. You know, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll have to just wait and see how it all how it all develops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, 
I thought last year, Pat, when the, on the club scene locally, like it was a huge success the way it ran off, and the it games w- were great. It was, yeah. Uh, the the whole thing, though, I suppose from a club point of view, was that you know uh, if you're unfortunate to pick up injuries, you yeah, take that's uh, true, yeah. you take the Ronan Stieg and Bally Callan. Both of them had injuries early on. Uh, Bally Callan got a bit stronger as as the year went on, but uh, you know in the early rounds they were short two and three. The Ronan Stieg were short. Uh, big number against uh, even for the first round of the championship against the Shamrocks you know so it is it is a a problem if you've you know if you have smallish squad or or that it it can be a problem that's that's the the downside yeah and and you pick up a hamstring injury your championship's out yeah go two men or something picks it up you're you're in bother that's it yeah Okay, that's where we leave it for tonight. Um, thanks very much to everyone at home for listening. Thanks to Pat for joining me in studio, to Dan Breen, Shane Kavanagh and Kieran Muldowney for joining me on the phone. Stay tuned for Joe Byrne. He'll be coming with Country and Irish from 7pm. Um, we'll, we'll talk to you next Monday night. Thank you and God bless and we'll talk to you then.